Welcome to the Masters in Psychology podcast, where psychology students can learn from psychologists, educators, and practitioners to better understand what they do, how they got there, and hear the advice they have for those interested in getting a graduate degree in psychology. I'm your host, Brad Schumacher, and today we welcome Moshe Ritzon to the show. Moshe has an MBA in management and entrepreneurship and a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, psychotherapy. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist and is the founder and executive director of Spiral to Grow, Marriage Family Therapy in New York, New York. Today, we will learn more about his academic and professional journey and discuss how he turned his MBA, MS, LMFT, and sales and marketing experience into a successful business. Moshe, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much, Bradley, for having me. Well, to start off, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know our audience is really going to enjoy hearing about your journey. In addition to your experience in business, sales, marketing, you have been a professional basketball player, a basketball coach, a military officer, and a secret service expert. What made you gravitate toward psychology? Uh, wow. Uh, basically, we can go back to history, <laughs> my history, but as far as I remember myself, I always, always uh, was intrigued by uh, human psychology, sociology, the process of, of personal growth and, uh, you know, how, you know, things can change. And especially in regards to uh, the personal element. And, um, you know, I remember myself reading books very early on, very, you know, at very young age, about love, philosophy, uh, how to be better. And uh, yes, it's, it seems like, you know, it's innate part of, of what I love. It seems like it's part of your, your genes and your makeup and who you are. You have a variety of educational experiences, including <clears throat> earning your certificate in export management at Broad, um, is it Broad or Broad A Academic College? It's, it's ORT, ORT, O-R-T. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, you know, school. Okay. Is, yeah. And then you received your bachelor's degree in marketing and international trade at the Fashion Institute of Technology. So tell me more about your experiences earning your export management certificate and your bachelor's degree. Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, I, I always wanted to study business. Uh, not exactly, I can tell you more about it, but uh, at one point uh, I had a friend that, uh, that, uh, that maybe follow a particular path, which he recommended me. And, and the path was pretty simplistic. I mean, you go to ORT, to, to the School of Management for a kind of international trade. And then later on, I mean, transfer this credit to, to FIT. And I always wanted to be in New York. And I thought, well, that could be a great opportunity just to do that, to transfer the credit and have my bachelor degree in business uh, in, uh, in New York. And that's what I've done. Where did you grow up, Moshe? I was born and grew up in Israel. Okay. And then when did you get to the United States? The first time it was in 1990. Uh, okay. I was here for a couple of years, uh, left back uh, to Israel and came back uh, to permanently until today, 97. Okay. And then um, you, when you first came back or when you did return, did you, have you always been in New York or have you been in other states yeah, as well? Yeah, always in New York. That's okay. uh, 
that's a, it's it's a beautiful place. I mean, I mean, I know it can can be crazy place for many, <laughs> but I love it. Took me a while to get used to it, to be honest. Yes. Well, uh, as you may find out or have already found out, anytime that you travel across the United States, southeast, west, and north, you're going to have different cultures that you experience as well. So uh, that's true. Uh, I know that when you went to FIT and then after that, you attended uh, Baruch College for your MBA. Were you yes. considering other schools at that time or why did you choose uh, that particular college? <clears throat> the Baruch College, um, you know, I had a kind of like a professor that I really knew that you really recommended me that program. You know, at that particular time, I was thinking for a short time about uh, NYU, Columbia, and some kind of how more high prestige probably school. But at that particular stage, I, I really wanted was focusing on having the degree of the MBA, and I knew it's a good program. I already by that time I was much older, much more experienced. I had enough business experience, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on my belt. So I just wanted, to be honest, just probably the title. And I, I love learning, so I said, okay. Let me do that. Well, it sounds like you love learning because after that, you went on for your Master of Science in Marriage and Family Therapy, Psychotherapy at Iona University. At what point did you kind of consider, <clears throat> hey, I've had enough of this business. I, I know this. I know the sales. I know the marketing. Uh, I want to kind of switch my, my focus a little bit. So at what point did you know that you wanted to earn your Master of Science in, in Marriage and Family Therapy? Yeah, so so um, again, it, it was a process. Of course, mm -hmm. it was a process, and uh, I started to contemplate more toward you know my studies of my MBA. Um, <clears throat> there, but the reality is that I, I forgot almost about it. But later on, I, I started to I remembered that immediately when I was in Israel after the army, I applied to study psychology in Tel Aviv University, oh. and I was rejected. <laughs> you know, I, I was pretty good student, but for whatever reason, it was one of the most difficult program to be accepted. And here you go, I mean, you find yourself back into something that really intrinsically was part of you and you wanted to do that. It didn't work out, but I came in, like I say, in the back door, even more experience, uh, much better, much more mature with much greater skills. Uh, to utilize in my own uh, psychological practice. So I, I think, you know, whatever life presented you, you know, just to the best. And that's the, that the timing was right. Good. That's good advice. I, I know um, when I talk to most of my <clears throat> guests, I usually ask this question and I'm going to ask the same question of you. What was important to you when selecting a graduate psychology program? So... Uh, you know, when I started to kind of uh, thinking about schools in, in the terms of psychology, I first of all had to, to learn all these uh, programs, uh, license uh, degrees, uh, and it was pretty confusing, to be honest. I mean, we're talking about uh, psychologists, uh, social workers, uh, mental health counselors, MFTs, you really didn't know what is out and to be honest. And later on, you realize that there is a lot of politics in, involved in, in, in all these different kind of professions. But um, for me, because I knew that I want to have a private practice, I wanted to have the probably the shortest 
period in which I'm going to get into school. So I'll be able to be that, to build that as quickly as possible. And then, uh, you know, I, I came across uh, the relatively new profession in, in, in New York and in the States in general, which is marriage and family therapy. And for, you know, beyond that uh, kind of timing, it's, it was so appealing. I mean, this philosophy of, uh, of systemic, systematic way of thinking, uh, looking at things from parts and wholeness uh, could be applied to so many aspects, uh, starting from individuals to couples, to families, to even organization. At that time, I was doing a lot of executive coaching and coaching in general, even before I was a therapist. So I said, wow, that was very, very powerful uh, way of looking at things. And, and that's what attracted me to, to, to that area. Uh, and, and at that time, you know, I selected Iona College because, if I'm not mistaken, that was only the first or second school that was accredited by New York State at that mm -hmm. time. So I didn't have so many options anyway. Uh, so that's why I selected the Iona. Well, that's a good summary. And you brought up a good point. Um, <clears throat> many of our audience members may be thinking of getting their certificates, um, becoming an LMFT. Do you remember, I know you have your license in LMFT in New York. Do you recall what was kind of required there? I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, some academic you know, uh, uh, credits, yeah. courses, and then some supervised hours, and then Absolutely. anything else that you can kind of uh, delineate or, or give us a little bit more information? No, on I, I, think, um, I think, again, after you're getting, uh, I, I mean, there is the the degree in which educational credits that you need to get. Uh, uh, I, I think the, the and, and really the bigger part of the challenge was to gain the supervised clinical hours that many, many people are challenged by this, to be honest. But I was lucky enough to have a good network of people in, in places, agencies, and, 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 and really supervise it that allows me to, to really gain the hours uh, to do it as quickly as possible. I, you know, I was lucky enough uh, to be able to even to immerse myself totally full time in, in in that and to to make it as quicker as possible. So beyond that, I don't remember. Okay. Do you remember approximately how many supervised hours you needed to attain? You need to attend. Yeah. No, at that time, it was uh, you know fifteen hundred hours, clinical hours, uh, to do that, and it was broken bro broken down to individual couples, families, and uh, things like mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of going back and thinking about what you went through for your psychology graduate degree, uh, what <laughs> advice do you have for those offering this? To you know. Um, seeking not only a, a graduate degree in psychology, but anything else that you mentioned a lot of different branches and a lot yeah. of different ways of applying. So kind of looking back at what you went through, what kind of advice would you offer those seeking a graduate degree in psychology and how, how are we supposed to decide if I'm looking at getting into <clears throat> psychology, how do I even decide a branch, let alone, should I open my own practice? Should I go into the academic world? Should I become a social worker? Kind of give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think this is a very good question. I think everything starts with understanding yourself, understanding what you want. 
what is the purpose? I mean, education and pop is just leading you to a particular place. So what exactly are you looking for? Are you interested in, in working in an organization? Are you interested in forensic psychology? Are you interested in working for agencies? Are you interested in working for yourself? Mm -hmm. What exactly do you want? Do you like? And, and then after you know why or what or why you want to do, then you start looking for uh, programs that are going to feel or support that endeavors or goals. So, so it's really very, very depending on what. And, and for me, I always, when I'm doing this career coaching for many, that's exactly what I'm telling them. Look for what you want or what you need or what is your goal and then meet yourself where you are and then see what is the missing pieces mm -hmm. and what exactly, what is the best path for you to get to that particular point. And again, um, you need to be connected to that. Clearly, if you have passion, follow that. Follow your mm -hmm. passion. Follow your love. And okay, if you don't make the right decision, right, left, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be able to change it, you know, but think long term and, and just use it as an opportunity to, to start with something. You don't have to know everything 100%, but, you know, you can always change. Right. So start with something, think about that and, and just go for it. Very good advice and, and good <clears throat> suggestions, not only with your, within your academic career, but just in, in your life in general as well. So yeah. in hindsight, would you do anything different in terms of the process related to searching for graduate schools? Uh, and if so, what, what would you change? Um, no, not really. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, I was, uh, first of all, I'm very happy where I am. And I, I don't know, I, again, I didn't have so many options in regards to, to what I've done. And I was very happy. I mean, it really supported exactly what I wanted. Uh, and uh, again, there is the professional aspect, but there is so much uh, that I care. It's about learning and educating myself. And, and today, I mean, with the, with the, with the word of technology, you mm -hmm. can learn so much by yourself and you yeah. can grow. And the fact of the matter is that, again, we talked about the different aspect of, of psychological professions that ultimately, once you get a license, truly, you can really move left or right and you can create a speciality to support that but the license is really the key that allows right. you to to do that so that's that's um, my, my recommendations or suggestions or advice well you mentioned one thing that i wanted to highlight and the technology back when you were searching for graduate schools totally different than uh, what is available now. So much more resources are available online to help you do that um, background research on which schools, yeah. mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And you mentioned, I believe, that you're kind of limited on the number of schools that you could go to. So you, you did the best you could with, with that. But I, I said before we started recording this podcast, you have a variety of experiences, as I said. <laughs> and um, one thing that I, I couldn't uncover right away when I was researching your, uh, your journey was, what did you do immediately after graduating with your master's degree? What did you do as soon as you got that master's uh, degree? So um, first I was doing some kind of like, because of my business background, I was doing even previously before that, while I was in school, a lot of uh, consulting 
business consulting as well as coaching. Uh, but clearly, immediately after that, I had to, to, in addition, I had to focus on the practical, on doing the hours to complete the necessary hours to get the license. So that's, that's mm -hmm. what my focus was. Okay. Yep. And so your LMFT, you earned enough credits, enough hours. And then after that, uh, how soon after that did you start um, uh, spiral to grow? Or did, I, I think you had that kind of already in the background, more coaching. And, yeah. and then you went into the practitioner role. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So 2006, I got my license. So formally, you know, kind of like uh, really spiral to grow was established. But again, as you said, I started that earlier in that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to share my screen. And for those who are just listening, I'm going to uh, his spiraltogrow.com. Uh, website and I wanted to share this because this has some good information on here and tell me uh, while I'm bringing this up um, why you started Spiral to Grow and how it has evolved throughout the years. Um, so tell you know tell us a little bit more about uh, your your business here. Yeah, so so it's it's kind of like a very interesting evolution. Uh, uh, you know, I originally. Uh, you know, clearly, I mean, I have different kind of like services, starting from coaching for couples counseling, uh, um, you know, family business and business in general, as, as well as uh, different kind of within psychotherapy, different kind of like aspects. And, and it's kind of like an interesting aspect because originally I still came with a lot of uh, business mindset. So when I started my business, I really thought about doing a lot of money so i i really had a lot of uh, people works for me as interns as kind of like associates uh, to grow my business and uh, at one point i i stopped and said to myself what do i do i love therapy i love the working of counseling but suddenly I found myself doing more management than, 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 than really kind of like really doing therapy. Mm -hmm. and, and after getting to a particular point, I said, it's enough. Let me scale down and be my own uh, master of my own domain and, and take it easy. And, and, and now I, I let go of all my interns and people that works for me. And now I'm working by myself. So it was kind of like almost like a reverse aspect of uh, growing my business to, to get smaller, to be ultimately happier and, and to be able to, you know, to, to manage my own uh, kind of like business and life to just to have a quality of life. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to stay on that for a moment because usually the typical person who opens up their own practice starts by themselves, starts working. And then you, of course, you have that business aspect of running a business as well. And you either have to do it yourself or learn how to do it or, you know, get somebody else to come in and, and take care of the business aspect and the money and the insurance. Yeah. It sounds like you did that. You grew and grew. And then all of a sudden you realize, ah, oh, this is too much. Let me simplify and let's go down. Now you're back down to yourself. So are you doing everything yourself? You're doing the counseling, the coaching, the business aspect, dealing with the... Uh, uh, from, from the... Um from basically from uh, the, the the practical if it's the coaching the counseling i do it myself right mm -hmm. now 
I do, from a business aspect, while I do a lot and I enjoy that, uh, I do have people that I'm partnering with. I clearly have a lot of networking of other professionals that, that sometimes we work together uh, on, on different kind of like aspects. So, but the majority of things are now done by myself. Yes. Okay. And so you have, tell me what the typical day looks like for you in your role. Now that you've uh, kind of made life simpler for you, what's the typical day look like for you? Yeah, so a lot of it, obviously, I mean, is, uh, is, is really depending on the time the clients wants to see me. And sure. uh, that, that's really the key, the beginning. But uh, in parallel, I mean, clearly, I mean, you always have to think uh, kind of a long-term terms. As an entrepreneur, as a, someone that has a practice, you always, always have to think about marketing yourself, selling yourself, and how you can create the platform, really, ultimately, uh, to create a reputable, you know, business so, so people can ultimately come to an ongoing. So this is an ongoing process. So if it's about search engine optimization, if it's about uh, social media, uh, marketing, uh, networking, so on and so forth, that requires a lot of work. Uh, and uh, But, you know, I, I learned to adapt and learn and, and love it. It sounds like you do, and you simplified things. I'm sharing the screen again, and I did this while you were talking earlier, but what I, what I find interesting about Spiral to Grow is the variety of services that you have. So you have the, the practitioner side, psychotherapy, talking about all of these different ways, groups, anger management, self-esteem <clears throat> confidence, all different types of relationships, all the way down to uh, single adult uh, children, all the way going to marriage and family, premarital counseling, infidelity, open relationships, gay, lesbian, LGBTQ. And then you have this aspect of coaching, executive coaching, career coaching, and all of those other coaching uh, um, avenues. And then you have all these other services that you provide. Um, and so tell us why you, you know, um, let, me, let me rephrase it. How is Spiral to Grow different than the other uh, businesses or practitioner, um, you know, uh, businesses that you typically see out there? How, here's, here's your chance to say, hey, Spiral to Grow is different because X. Yeah, thanks for that opportunity. Uh, I think a lot starts with myself because that's, that's my business and what I bring to the table. And I think what is, uh, I think what is unique for me more than others, again, uh, I cannot compare, but I just can't tell you, is that my history? You know, as you can see, you know, uh, you know, not only in terms of education, I really was able to luckily be exposed to experiences, if it's the military, if it's being an athlete, uh, um, you know, coaching, businesses, all these things, is, it's not just theoretical, it's pretty practical. And all of them are really supporting one another and I think many, many of my clients really appreciate that experiences and knowledge because I really can relate to them in a very, very deep uh, elementary level. Um, I, so so having, having that experiences with my desire to continually growing and adapt different kind of philosophies and methodologies, uh, I, I think people can create uh, this synergy with me and, and really can relate and see my passion for, for that to help people. And to help my clients so, so this is just uh, that and 
I just got a call recently from, from one of my, pros, just a prospect, and he says, uh, he went to my website, and he says, wow, he wanted to go to an anger management. So mm-hmm. I, I really didn't realize how much content you put so comprehensive, and it was a good feel, but as we know, in psychology, there are so many elements and aspects that are relating to one another. I mean, you know, we talk about anger, which is not only just anger, it's about feelings of sadness and hurt and disappointment. How can we take psychotherapy without coaching? How can you attend to the present without attending to the past or the future? And you can go so on and so forth. But my approach of looking at things from, the holi- from a holistic perspective, it's, it's really beneficial because ultimately I want to make people happy and happiness could be come in different domain and area uh, to enhance your life. So I think this is, this is my, uh, my approach uh, to that. And I found it, uh, or oh, many of my clients find it helpful. Well, I see on your YouTube, you have a YouTube channel, and here are a couple of them that are out there. Psychotherapist in New York City, Moshe Ratzon, Spiral to Grow. And then you also have one on couples therapy. And then, as I mentioned, you have your channel here and anything from group therapy, uh, couples therapy, uh, getting into any of the 10 building blocks of self-esteem, anger management was in here as well. how to manage stress. So if you're interested in, in what uh, you are offering and, and some of the YouTube videos that are out there, uh, feel free to go to youtube.com, look up Spiral to Grow, S-P-I-R-A-L, the number two, and then G-R-O-W, and you'll find out uh, a little bit more. And then here, I, I brought this up because many people who are in the field of psychology might ask themselves, well, if I wanted to see a a therapist, how do I find one? And you actually have a a, a relatively short video on how to find a psychotherapist in New York City as well. So um, one thing that I usually ask my guests if they are a practitioner is, what's your ideal uh, therapist or counselor? If you were going to attend uh, counseling or, or therapy, what were some of the attributes of the ideal counselor or therapist? Yeah, and, and um, clearly it's very, very uh, subjective and, you know, kind of like individualistic. But obviously we all know as a therapist, there are some, some fundamental aspect I can, I can just share on a high level about that and, and then specifically what I would lo- look for. But uh, Clearly, the, the aspect of unconditional positive regards, a therapist that is really kind of like a non-judgmental, a therapist that is really sincere and real. Yes, uh, someone that is compassionate, someone that meets you where you are. I know that many therapists that really likes to talk about the high level and they say, okay, you need to do that, you need to let go, you need, but they don't explain how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know they use all these phrases, but they don't really meet the person where they are, how to take small steps to get to that particular point. And uh, I, I think this is really require a special skills of understanding the process, understanding what are the blocks and what are preventing someone to, to do or not to do certain things, most of the time not to do. And, mm-hmm. and I do think uh, there is a lot of uh, methodologies that really addressing that, that people, therapists need to understand and use it. 
and to understand how to uncover, I said, you know, the unconscious, because, you know, many times we know what we need to do, but we don't do it. So the question is why? How do you unpeel, you know, these layers to ultimately try to take the necessary steps to move toward your goals? And this is not an easy thing, it's not a trivial uh, aspect. You, you've shared with us all the different aspects of what you do and what your typical day looks like. What's the biggest challenge of your job? Um, again, it's like I, I'm embracing that challenge. I do think that especially as an entrepreneur, you always nonstop have to adapt to new technologies, to to create new videos. For example, I neglected that for a while. I need to go back and do more videos and more Instagram and so on and so forth to really basically develop, continually develop content, you know, to create your authority. Uh, that's your livelihood and uh, do that. And, uh, you, know, you know, again, being, being as entrepreneur, entrepreneur itself, I mean, requires a lot of hats, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things to do. I mean, for me, it's fun, but it's work. <laughs> so do that. Yep, yep. Well, hopefully uh, um, being a guest on this will help you as well. We'll share the word and we'll share your website and, and hopefully that will help you. Uh, for a lot of people owning their own business, it's word of mouth. It's getting your name out there. It is letting people know what you do and make it easy for them to contact you and then uh, obviously bring them in. Um, what do you like most about your job? Well, one of, the, one of the many things, but in particular, it's really my my work with my clients, sitting in my office in front of them, really interacting. I love people. I love helping, you know, with the with the process of change. You know, when there is a challenge, how can you really try to immerse them? And 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 it's 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 really it's a work that it is. It's direct, but gentle at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to move them toward change, but do it, doing it gently and compassionately. Uh, so I, I love that. I love that. And, and uh, something that maybe many of my clients uh, kind of don't realize, and they don't realize how much uh, they're helping me, you know. <laughs> You know, everybody, you know, some of the clients say, oh, you're so, such a great guy, such a nice guy, you love helping people. I said, that might be the case, but honestly, I love what I do. I, I, I love just interacting with you and you give me so much. Reminding mm -hmm. me what, you know, what, what I have, what I, you know, gratitude and appreciation. And, you know, ultimately, uh, it's, it's, it's really coming from inside. So, so I, I love it. And I, again, if, if I always say, if my clients knew how much they helped me, they probably will, will will charge me for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, there are many careers out there where you almost get more from your customers, clients, students than you do when you are trying to impart your knowledge and your experience as well. So I can uh, understand what you're saying. What advice would you give someone trying to break into the field of psychology? I, I think uh, I shared some of the things. Again, they, they, they need to who. First of all, really truly understand why do they do what they want to do? Mm -hmm. Understanding the why. Mm -hmm. And and follow and a lot of it is from um, 
certain kind of values, understanding their values, understanding their passion, and and connect them, connect them to reality, and try to manifest that mm-hmm. in in what's happening, and then finding the way to get closer to that, or um, <clears throat> continue finding uh, the the right program. And again, it doesn't have to be the perfect program. It's it's a mm-hmm. process. It's a journey that uh, that you'll have to adjust to embrace. Any particular advice for those interested in starting their own business or their own practice? Uh, yes, I, I would say that, and again, that's related to, unfortunately, in, 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 in general, in, in many professions, they don't teach you how to build a business. What does it require? And the sooner you know that, the better you are going to become, the more successful you are going to be. So I would I encourage many people, even that they, when they start schooling, just have your website ready. Mm-hmm. Create content. Don't wait until you're over. You need to create name for yourself. Develop content. You don't have to say, I'm a licensed, ready to work. Just, just pour in information. Create that. Build that. And whatever, you know, there are so much the better it is. Very good advice. I am sharing my screen one more time here. And I know that you have a book, Anger is Your Compass. Tell us more <clears throat> about the book and, and why you wrote it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope that uh, toward the end of the year, you know, this book uh, will be published. Uh, so I'm just in the process of finalizing it in terms of the uh, kind of design and so on and so forth. And uh Originally, I mean, I came with a group of people that we were doing some spirit supervision that really was focusing on anger. I said, okay, let me just do that. Anger right. management, you know. But little by little, I mean, as I started to write information and knowledge about that, I really immersed myself in that. And uh, while people are thinking only on anger as anger per se, but deep, deep inside what you analyze that, you understand that this is about emotional intelligence, how to deal with uncomfortable emotions and, and really utilize them in a proper way. So mm-hmm. anger, it's not just about anger. It's about almost, uh, again, as negative emotions. It could be about disappointment, frustration, anxiety, stress, pain and hurt and so on and so forth. So... I, I developed along the line of working with my clients, reading, I think I have, I don't know, 100 books about anger and emotions, or maybe even more that I was reading and learning and uh, created kind of like a unique framework uh, that integrates some Western psychologies and philosophy, uh, you know, different kind of aspect of, of methodologies to really creating a unique framework that allows you to to take anger and ultimately transform it uh, into a positive force into your life, ultimately to create value from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's it, it's it was an amazing journey. It is a great journey. I always love that. And I know that this is going to be just the first book toward other books to increase that kind of platform and framework into other emotions as well. And, and that excites me. Well, it sounds like it. I wish you luck with the book. We'll highlight that as well on mm-hmm. our website. 
Uh, I usually end the podcast with a few uh, fun questions. And one I could already answer for you, but I'm going to still ask you, tell us something unique about yourself. Oh, uh, something unique about myself. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I was, uh, in, when I was in the Israeli army, I participated in, uh, in, in, in Lebanon war, which was not as pleasant to say the least. <laughs> uh, learned a lot, uh, gained a lot of friends and uh, through the process, but I, I lost a lot of them as well. Um, yeah, and there are also other some probably some confidential inf information that they cannot reveal. Sure. Uh, otherwise, I'll have to to tell you and kill you after that. But right, I won't right. Do that, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I you know looking part of the fun for me, and I told you this already, is doing the research on my guests, and uh, it was fun figuring out what you did, the timeline of your academic and professional journey. And uh, I, I do have to ask, because I played basketball for a little while. So you're a professional basketball player and a basketball coach. Tell us a little bit more about that high level. Yeah, I, I uh, when I, you know, when I was young, sports was my life. I mean, I started with soccer, playing, and, and I think I, I really focused since nine years old. I, I really focused on that. It's it's given me so much pleasure, uh, and so so that took me to to really develop these skills. And later on, you know, I was I was professionally playing in Israel. Uh, loved. I mean, to that day, I'm playing. You know, uh, with friends and uh, just keep me young and enjoy every moment. And, and again, good. that's really teaching you so much. If, if you know you can introduce kids to sport it's it's absolutely great so I was also coaching uh, and, and to that day I'm, I'm I, one of my aspect is is, is sports psychology uh -huh. and and I love that because I'm working with NBA players uh, NFL players Olympians and it's just uh, it's it's because I have so such a close kind of connection to that it's 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 very interesting and I love it they probably relate really well with you knowing that you have that shared experience and you can relate to them as well. So what is your favorite term principle or theory and why? Yeah. In terms of uh, psychotherapy. Yep. I mean, for, honestly, there are so many, many great, uh, you know, you know, beautiful programs. I mean, I, I, for me, I mean, one of the, most powerful programs that I really appreciate is internal family system, uh, emotionally focused therapy for couples in particular, uh, you know, Gottman therapy. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like to integrate. So I always learn and see and, uh, you know, bring in different domains uh, that, that really enhance my, uh, my view of looking at things and how to help people and uh, toward more, you know, originally, you know, I came with a lot of uh, attachment therapy, psycho, kind of like CBT, but more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by emotions, mm -hmm. the power of emotion, how to really take emotions and transform it, which is not an easy part. And of course, body work as well. Okay. One final fun question. If you had the time and the <clears throat> money to complete one project or go on one trip, what would you do? 
one one trip or one project? What should yeah. I do? If you had the time and money to complete one project or go on one trip, and it could be anything you want, what would you do? Mm. Wow, that's I didn't think about that. That's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know. It's like it seems to me when when you say complete, it's, it's at least somewhat scary to me. I, I mean, I always <laughs> love changing and growing, so I, I, I think uh, I, I don't see an end to to that. So <laughs> just you know, learning of growing and learning it's something that I love all the time. Clearly, I think uh, finishing that book, I mean, is going to be a milestone. And, and I'm excited about that. It's some kind of a completion. Uh, yeah, and we're uh, after to the next project. Maybe you brought up a good point. Maybe I should rephrase that to my guests. And instead of saying uh, complete one project, maybe I should say if you had the time and money to start one project or go on one trip, what would you do? Maybe I should update that now that you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So... Yeah, there are many things. I think it's it's about uh, having fun life. So you know, I, it's it's hard for me to answer that question in that way. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss or bring up on this podcast? No, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. I mean, um, thank you very much for really just uh, inviting me. I really appreciate that uh, to talk about my practice myself. Uh, uh, it's always uh, I love to engage with people and I appreciate your work I mean really uh, doing so much and creating value to many of the students or the people that wants to engage in in that profession well uh, Moshe I really appreciate your time and willingness to share your journey with us thanks again for sharing your advice with us as well thank you I appreciate that Thanks for listening to the Masters in Psychology podcast. If you want to learn more about our guest or listen to other podcasts, you can visit our website, mastersinpsychology.com, where you can search through all of the schools in the United States that offer advanced degrees in psychology. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like, follow, or share.